Hello, lacrosse friends. Welcome to Lacrosse Link. This is the first ever episode. I'm Stephen Stamp, joined by Tanner Fetch. And Fetchy, you'll be talking with Sean Agus, the commissioner of the Rocky Mountain Junior A League. Then I talked to Carl Christensen, the BC Junior A League commissioner. Unfortunately, Mark Grimes, the brand new commissioner for the Ontario League, not available this week. But all the commissioners have shown some interest and excitement in doing a roundtable where all three of them will come on shortly. So looking forward to that one. Yeah, that should be exciting. Sitting them all down in the room. Um, there seems to be a good relationship between the three leagues, which is nice. They're working together towards Mitchell Cup and working together in harmony. Uh, we could just pluck their brains about the different ideas they have and different things moving forward with their leagues and how they're going to put this all together for a Mitchell Cup this year. Uh, Sean Agus and I discussed 22-year-old eligibility. We discussed the Mental Cup. We discussed the NLL draft and some interesting things that him, his league, and the athletes are doing to bring exposure to the players. So make sure you stick around for that interview, as well as like, subscribe, and share this beautiful video. If you're on YouTube, there's a little bell down here. Hit the bell to get notifications when we upload new videos. Stay in the loop. Stay connected with Lacrosse Link. Um, athletic and somebody to be watching for. In the middle, it just bounces off, but it's picked up and scored. Hey, lacrosse fans, and welcome to Lacrosse Link. I got Sean Agus with us. Welcome to the show, Sean. Thanks, Tanner. Appreciate being on. No problem. So we got to hammer this out pretty quick because we got a short amount of time. So let's dive right in. What's the outlook uh, looking on your upcoming season here for the Junior A League? Well, that's uh, that's a tough one. You know, um, it all depends on the provincial health authority. Um, we don't really know where things stand on a day to day basis, but I do know that all the governors of our league are committed to delivering and executing a season of some sort this year. Um when it's safe to do so. So we haven't announced, I know the RMOL has announced a drop dead date for seasons, but we are still planning on having some type of programming and gameplay when it's safe to do so. Sure. And I guess it does get difficult for you with two different governments involved, Saskatchewan and Alberta to make that junior A league, right? It definitely does, you know, because some in like in Saskatchewan, some of the, the regulations are different than Alberta. And then there's interprovincial and, and quarantining. Uh, so that hasn't been clarified by Alberta Health Services, to my knowledge. But once uh, once we know it's safe to play, we want to get all four teams up and running. Sure. And I know we spoke earlier, Sean, but what are some of the initiatives uh, that you have for the Junior A Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League to bring some more um awareness to your junior A players? So I appreciate you asking that. we got a couple major initiatives going to be announced in a few weeks here. Um, we're just hammering out final details with the uh, with Alberta Lacrosse Association on those. But some of the stuff the governors are working on, you know, is we're trying to get game streaming done for all of our games on albertalacrossetv.com. Uh, we want to do some player profiles. 
we really want to enhance our position. Coming off of last year's draft in the NLL where we had two players taken in the first round, you know, Saskatchewan native Lane Ruska take it 13th. And then, uh, you know, Harry Matsuoka out of Calgary take it 14th overall. You know, it, it shows well that how much the league has progressed. And we have a lot of great athletes here in Alberta. We just need to get them in front of the NLL scouts and, and get going. Minto Cup. Um, what's what's it looking like? And if the rumors are true and Ontario can't participate, do you think Alberta and BC should be able to go toe-to-toe for the, the Minto Cup? Well, um, we, could, we, could, we could start with the rumors about Ontario not participating. That's They're not out. I know that's for sure. Um, Ontario has said that they're willing to host and they have a contingency plan in place. We haven't seen all of that yet. Um, and it's really up to Lacrosse Canada on whether a Minto is a go or not. Um, so if Lacrosse Canada is throwing the Minto, I know all three leagues have committed to going as long as it's safe to do so. Um, so, and when you talk about Alberta and BC com- uh, competing for a Minto, I don't know if, uh, you know, it'd be up to, uh, it'd be really up to Canada Lacrosse or Lacrosse Canada, sorry, to kind of determine uh, if they would be hosting a mental with only two of the three leagues in it. 22-year-old eligibility, there's been some talk around the town, talks around the different leagues about including that. What are your thoughts on the pros and cons of including 22-year-olds? You know, when you talk 22U uh, for junior, there's a lot of pros and there are a lot of cons. You know, we sat down, we had a long conversation as governors and the consensus out of Alberta was that they supported the idea of 22U but even amongst those that supported it, there was different viewpoints on how it should be implemented. You know, some members felt carte blanche. If you can fill your roster with 22-year-olds, great. And other members felt um, sort of like they do in hockey. The number of 22-year-olds should be um, restricted. And, you know, having a 22U league definitely doesn't help a smaller MA like Alberta because uh, our pool is smaller. So, uh, our position is that we'll support the, the, the way that the CLA is going to handle 22 U's uh, with the LTAD report out right now. And that looks like what the LTAD report is recommending that 22 year olds play me uh, senior, senior lacrosse. Well, thanks so much, Sean, for joining us here on lacrosse link, the first ever episode, Sean, any final remarks? Uh, well, Tanner, I really appreciate the time today and anyone watching, make sure that you, uh, you know, we follow the news out of the uh, Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League uh, and the Junior A website specifically. It's abjuniorlacrosse.com. Um, we have uh, the news section there. You can see our rosters. There'll be links to game footage and everything coming up. So appreciate the time, Tanner. Thanks. Hi, this is Jaden with Al Anderson Source for Sports. Excited to tell you that we got all our new lacrosse product in for this upcoming season. Whether you're playing box or field, our lacrosse experts are going to make sure we get you into the right equipment to elevate your game. At Al Anderson Source for Sports, we know our stuff. For the 14th year, the Ontario Lacrosse Festival has rolled into Durham Region 
boasting over 500 teams and more than 10,000 athletes. It's a celebration of the game of lacrosse. It's uh, home to 44 provincial and national championships. We run about 1,000 games here over the 10 days. It's an invitation to see our game at all levels. There's children here from ages 5 to about 21. The event is spread across venues throughout the region, but the hub of all the action is Whitby's Iroquois Park Sports Centre, Canada's largest municipally owned recreation facility. We offer sides that many venues can't and over the years I think our staff go above and beyond. I have many conversations with the folks from the OLA who commented on how helpful our staff is and I think that relationship really uh, helps us to ensure that the festival comes back. There's four pads here at the Oakwood Park Sports Centre which if you're trying to run an event is just you know it's optimal in terms of energy in the building in terms of opportunity for children to see their brothers and sisters play, for families to come and celebrate the game. We have great space for vendor opportunities. There's probably about 34 vendors here. The economic impact of the festival is estimated to be over $5 million. We get to see teams uh, from all over the province and also all over the country, uh, so it gives us very good exposure. It's very important for us to, to work with the event organizers, support the local sport organizations, volunteers, the officials. Everybody comes in and really does their part. Many parents and coaches agree this event is a perfect opportunity to showcase the sport. These kids will never forget this. I wish there was something like this, you know, when I played, but, you know, these kids have made new friends, and not only on, on Team Ontario, but other provinces and hanging around kids at the dorms and things like that. So it's real special for these kids. They've trained for 12 weeks and uh, dedicated a lot of time, menu plans, getting in shape, getting ready for the big week, and to come here and have this opportunity for them to play the sports, amazing. They have to go through a process of being picked for the team and then representing their province. I think it's great, it's a confidence builder. It means the world to a lot of our kids. They play with that traditional wooden stick and they know the meaning behind that traditional wooden stick. Because as they're little kids, they're growing into that. And it's like your favorite teddy bear. Lots of positive feedback about this event. It's a great celebration of the game. It's very positive for lacrosse, and of course, it's positive for this community. And we get great support, you know, from this community, from the tourism groups, from the hotel operators, from the food and beverage people. I mean, people are behind it here in Durham, and that's why we're here. We are pleased to be welcoming Carl Christensen, the commissioner for the BC Junior A Lacrosse League to Lacrosse Link. And Carl, we are going to jump in right away. Very happy to have you here. We're all looking forward to getting back on the floor and getting a season going. So the first question to you is, how does it look for having a 2021 season? What's the outlook? Where do you stand right now in BC? Uh, here in BC, we're, we're kind of waiting with the provincial health officer and what actions we can do. We've had, obviously, the Western Hockey League and the BC Hockey League play a semi-season, um, but there was a lot of restrictions on what they could do. Um, we're fairly central. There's a league. We have two teams that play on Vancouver Island, um, and the rest of the teams, the other six teams, play quite close within the lower mainland area. So we're hoping that we'll be able to do something. Um, we don't know that our season will look normal compared to what we've done in the past with a 21-game season. Um, we've already drafted a 14-game season, and we're looking to see if we have to go into cohorts, if that's what we get to do. So some form of a bubble if we need to. When would that season start if you're able to go? I mean, I know you were talking about relatively soon, but that seems to be probably on hold for a little bit. Any idea of a date? Yeah, no idea of a date yet. I think what there's a couple questions for us. One, obviously, the Minto Cup, does it happen this year? If it doesn't happen, then we can bump our start date backwards. 
um, which would be a benefit for us to be able to get into our facilities. Um, some facilities may not be available to us, so we may have multiple teams playing out of one facility. Our goal, we would like to see something happening by mid-June um, if we don't have a Minto Cup to play in. If there's a Minto Cup, then we'll have to play a modified regular season to uh, send a champion to the Minto Cup. Speaking of the Minto Cup, obviously a question that's on everyone's mind. How likely is it to happen? We know Ontario has said they are ready to host if they're allowed. Being in Ontario myself right now, things aren't looking super promising, to be honest, with the, the way the vaccine rollout is going and um, just some of the issues and, and you know trying to get players back in time. Um, and, for, and to be able to know that you're going to have a Minto Cup or a season so that players will come back um, guys who are south of the border, for instance, but how's it looking from your perspective? And if Ontario couldn't go, what about BC and Rocky Mountain League competing for the Minto? Our goal is always to have all three partners playing in the Minto Cup. That's the best way to have the Minto Cup be played. Um, I think you're right. We're stuck right now with what may or may not be allowed in Ontario. Um, we're waiting to see the outcome of the Lacrosse Canada decisions on national championships we will send a champion from BC if there is a Minto Cup to be played. Um, that is our goal. We expect to do that. Um, but we know that there are restrictions that are happening. We know that things may not happen, but our goal is to see all three partners play in the Minto Cup. What are the effects with last season not happening? And then if there weren't to be a season again this year, it's bad enough having one season lost. There are going to be impacts from that. What are the impacts of losing one or possibly two seasons on these players? Uh, you know, our, our league operates um, on sponsorship. Uh, they're, they're, we don't have sole proprietors as owners of our teams. We're all uh, societies. So one of the key components for us is sponsorship. So not having a season happen last year um, definitely put a, a bit of a wrench in the financial side of it for us. But we've been working hard to come up with ideas. Uh, we understand that if we are able to play this year, uh, we may not be able to have fans in the stands. We may be only able to have teams. So we've made a commitment as a league to ensure that all the teams can play in some format of a season this year. Um, if we don't get to do that and we end up going two years in a row, um, all the teams are financially prepared to go into 2022 uh, to play. Um, we just are going to have to probably modify how we how we organize our league and how we search for sponsorship. And maybe we can find some form of national or larger regional sponsorship for the future. One question that uh, I, I'm curious about, I've been hearing um, Ontario's put out something just recently saying they're going to have something happening. They're going to be on the floor. They have a return to play. It's very, uh, you know, in the early stages, but they plan to have something. It doesn't say whether it's going to be a season or it's just going to be combines or it's going to be something, something to get their players on the floor, get them seen by National Lacrosse League teams, um, MSL teams will see them. So to prepare them for being drafted, um, I know Alberta's got some things in the works. Uh, well, Rocky Mountain, I shouldn't forget Saskatchewan. And uh, obviously, BC, you have a lot of success in terms of preparing players for the professional game, but do you have anything specific in mind or special to deal with this very unusual circumstance? Our, our Board of Governors are looking at opportunities. We want to make sure that these year's graduates and, and players who are in their second, third, fourth year, perhaps, get that opportunity to be seen by the NLL teams. We want to also give them the opportunity to be seen by our WLA league, our partners in the WLA. We want to make sure that they get an opportunity to see some of these boys play. So we, we've looked at combine ideas. We've looked at different ideas of how to show off our players. Um, we haven't finalized anything because our hope is to get back on the floor and play games 
um, rather than have to put on some sort of a, a showcase. Got two more quick questions. One is, hopefully it can be quick, where do you stand on the 22-year-old issue? It was a big, big topic of debate throughout the country. Um, I think the most important part regarding the 22-year-olds is we, we are partners with the WLA. And, and in terms of the, the Lacrosse Canada Long-Term Athlete Development Plan that came out, uh, it was recently published. Uh, their findings were that 22-year-olds should remain in the senior level. Um, we, we firmly believe in that. We believe that the athletes have a better chance of growing from 17 to 21 in junior lacrosse and to move up to the, to the senior level. Um, you got a lot of people who've played at that senior level that are in our, in our governor's rooms. So they, they understand the opportunity. We understand the opportunity that kids haven't gotten to play. We can't control what happened last year. We can control what happens this year and try and move forward and get those guys highlighted at least so that they can get their opportunity to play at the highest level possible. The last question I want to ask is something you brought up when we were chatting before, and I hadn't really thought up to that extent, was how are you going to have referees for all of your games? And I know it's a challenge you guys are really concerned about. Yeah, referees, uh, you know, we have a great relationship with the BC Lacrosse Officials Association, um, constant communication, um, and there is a concern that there may not be enough referees available. Um, referees have potentially retired or are thinking of retiring, and Hey, some of these guys who have been workhorses in our leagues, not just our, our own league, but the other leagues here in BC, experienced a whole summer off, right? So, so are we going to be able to get them back? We've talked extensively with, with uh, Sean and the BC Lacrosse Officials Association. They will do everything to make sure we have enough officials. Um, we believe that we can operate this year with the Referees Association, uh, provided they're able to uh, look at our return to play plan and agree that it works for them as well. Really appreciate you taking the time to come on. It's great to get word from all of the junior A leagues. And we certainly all hope, of course, that there's lacrosse, but it's, it's nice to know and to hear that you guys are planning for whatever circumstance you're forced to deal with. And we're looking forward to seeing the guys get back on the floor. That's our biggest concern is get them on the floor, get playing the game of lacrosse and, and play the creator's game the way it's supposed to be played. For the 14th year, the Ontario Lacrosse Festival has rolled into Durham Region, boasting over 500 teams and more than 10,000 athletes. It's a celebration of the game of lacrosse. It's uh, home to 44 provincial and national championships. We run about 1,000 games here over the 10 days. It's an invitation to see our game at all levels. There's children here from ages 5 to about 21. The event is spread across venues throughout the region, but the hub of all the action is Whitby's Iroquois Park Sports Centre, Canada's largest municipally owned recreation facility. We offer sides that many venues can't and over the years I think our staff go above and beyond I, I many conversations with the folks from the OLA who commented on how helpful our staff is and I think that relationship really uh, helps us to ensure that the festival comes back. There's four pads here at the Iroquois Park Sports Centre which if you're trying to run an event is just you know it's optimal in terms of energy in the building in terms of opportunity for children to see their brothers and sisters play for families to come and celebrate the game. We have great space for vendor opportunities. There's probably about 34 vendors here. The economic impact of the festival is estimated to be over $5 million. We get to see teams uh, from all over the province and also all over the country, uh, so it gives us very good exposure. It's very important for us to, to work with the event organizers, support the local sport organizations, volunteers, the officials. Everybody comes in and really does their part. Many parents and coaches agree this event is a perfect opportunity to showcase the sport. These kids will never forget this. I wish there was something like this, you know, when I play, but 
you know, these kids have made new friends, and not only on, on Team Ontario, but other provinces and hanging around with kids at the dorms and things like that. So it's real special for these kids. They've trained for 12 weeks and uh, dedicated a lot of time, menu plans, getting in shape, getting ready for the big week, and to come here and have this opportunity for them to play the sports, amazing. They have to go through a process of being picked for the team and then representing their province. I think it's great, it's a confidence builder. It means the world to a lot of our kids. They play with that traditional wooden stick and they know the meaning behind that traditional wooden stick. Because as they're little kids, they're growing into that. And it's like your favorite teddy bear. Lots of positive feedback about this event. It's a great celebration of the game. It's very positive for lacrosse, and of course, it's positive for this community. And we get great support, you know, from this community, from the tourism groups, from the hotel operators, from the food and beverage people. I mean, people are behind it here in Durham, and that's why we're here. Hi, this is Jaden with Al Anderson Source for Sports. Excited to tell you that we got all our new lacrosse product in for this upcoming season. Whether you're playing box or field, our lacrosse experts are going to make sure we get you into the right equipment to elevate your game. At Al Anderson Source for Sports, we know our stuff. All right, we have reached the rundown portion of the show, and we're going to start with the Founders Cup being cancelled along with eight other national championships by Lacrosse Canada. I guess the glint of optimism or the bit of hope left for the summer is that Minto Man and President's Cup have not been cancelled yet. We're all hopeful that something will happen, but obviously it's tough for all of those Junior B teams and players. And I'll tell you, the Founders Cup, I've done a couple, I've called them, and it is a fantastic tournament. It's so cool to see all the provinces competing. Real shame it's canceled. Shame for all of the uh, minor associations and such a tough summer. Tanner, is there still some hope? Well, there is hope for some of these other tournaments, such as the Minto, Presidents, and Man Cup. I'm not sure what the format's going to look like yet, just like we learned in the show part. Um is it going to be a modified system in a bubble? Is it going to be only a few provinces? Depending on what we're looking at, things could unfold a little differently here as we move forward. That brings me to the Prairie Gold Lacrosse League. Uh, junior season has been cancelled. That's based here out of Saskatchewan. And the commissioner, Chris Lysenko, has broke the bad news to the league that they won't be playing junior this year. Um, but the senior is still on the table which then does give those senior teams the opportunity to go to presidents if uh, if they do win the league and or choose to do so, I guess, if the tournament is a go. Stamper, what are your thoughts? Are more leagues going to follow? I mean, it seems almost inevitable. Numbers are still tough uh, across the country. and Not a lot of people know the Prairie Gold Lacrosse League. It's just not as high profile a league, but it is – telling that they've had to, to pull the plug and feel for those guys, of course. And uh, we certainly hope the seniors can go. Whatever can be played would be great. But uh, the, the key, I guess, obviously be safe first, but we sure hope that it's not just a, a domino in this series. We're going to move on to the National Lacrosse League Hall of Fame. They have announced their nominees, 20 nominees, 
uh, eight forwards, nine defenders, three builders, and uh, voting is underway right now to elect the first class for the NLL Hall of Fame since 2016, and uh, it's quite a group. You can go to the crosslink.com website, see the list of nominees, let us know who you think should go in. I'll tell you, as one of the voters, it is a very difficult process trying to narrow down an amazing group of athletes to uh, to just a handful that are going to get into the Hall of Fame this year. Um, they can be added next year. They will all, the guys who aren't elected will stay on the ballot. Tanner, pretty exciting to have the Hall going again. 100% it is. It's nice to see it come back full swing here. And when I looked at the list, I was knocked off my feet. You got John Grant Jr. You got Casey Powell. You got Colin Doyle. You got Mark Steinhaus. It is unbelievable, the list of talent. And like you said, I'm sure as you're voting and looking at these names, you can't pick and choose between uh, between the many opportunities there, the many guys that are on the list. It's, it's just too hard. Which then segues us to the Professional Lacrosse Hall of Fame, which is the PLL Hall of Fame, Field Lacrosse Hall of Fame in other terms. Um, they have decided that they were going to unveil their nominees list as well, similar to the same time here as the NLL. The bone to pick that I have is no goalies on the list. Where are the goalies at? I'm a goalie. We should be on the list too. We have a big, important job and no coaches either. What are your thoughts, Stamper? I know for the NLL, the reason there are no goalies is because I think the league felt like there are already a lot of goalies. Five of the, I guess, 20, low 20s of players in the NLL Hall of Fame. So they wanted to get some of the other positions, I think, taken care of. I'm sure there will be more coaches uh, in the builders category, GMs and things. Definitely some folks. I know Brad Bannister is one that people have talked about that should be in. I think he'll probably be appearing on a ballot soon. But uh, I'm with you for the field. I'm. I was talking NLL, but for the field Hall of Fame, please call it the field lacrosse Hall of Fame or the pro field lacrosse. You're, you're completely ignoring the box game by calling it the pro lacrosse Hall of Fame. Nobody likes that. We're going to move on to some more National Lacrosse League news, a ton hitting the news. Obviously, uh, recently the New England Black Wolves sold to Marty Oliver. Oliver Marty, I knew I was going to do that. <laughs> and, uh, they become the Albany Firewolves. I know uh, Oliver from uh, World Juniors, and uh, he is a real lacrosse guy, and he is excited about this. I think, you know, some real positive stuff coming out of, obviously, you don't want a team to move. Nobody wanted the Toronto Rock to have to move, including owner Jamie Dowick, but they are moving to Hamilton. They'll still be the Toronto Rock. The big stunner, I think, for everybody was the Saskatchewan Rush being sold to the Priestner family, and uh, but they're not moving so that's good but we are going to get more into this soon right Kenner? Yes we are we have some interviews planned hopefully in some future episodes mm -hmm. discussing uh, some of the ownership changes um, and moves here that happen within the National Lacrosse League. I think for Rush Nation and Rush fans it's very important that the team stays here they've built such a loyal following you don't want to see them go and the logistics for the Toronto Rock if you have to sell so many tickets and you don't get to share the concession sales at the Scotiabank Centre, you're really losing out on a lot of profits and it makes it hard to stay. So I understand their move. Speaking of moves, Brampton Excelsiors have moved or planning to move here and there's causing some friction and frustration within the ranks of the organization. Um, some lifelong members not in good standing anymore. And I think Brampton is a great place for lacrosse. I got to see some games and watch a line brawl happen, biggest line brawl, bench clearing brawl I've ever seen in my life when I was in my younger days. And Brampton has such a history here. I hate to see a move. 
So keep them in Brampton because of the line brawl. No, 100%. no. There's a lot of history, like you said. It's a very old franchise, a great franchise, great place to play. And uh, you know, you hate to see the move. I, there's a lot of tension. Uh, I'm not going to badmouth anybody on either side because I know it's all coming from passion for the game. I really just hope things can get resolved. We all would love to see the Excelsior stay in Brampton. That ship may have sailed. It's hard to say, but uh, certainly. You hate to see some of the fallout around it. And I, I'm really pulling for, I don't even know what the good resolution is at this. Obviously the ideal is that everyone would want it was for the Excelsiors to stay in Brampton. We'll see what happens. We'll definitely cover that as we go down the road. That'll wrap things up for the roundup. And uh, nice work, Fetch. You didn't, uh, didn't screw up too bad. No, I didn't. I try not to. <laughs> I try my best. I made the one big error, but uh, caught it. So uh, that's it for the wrap, for the rundown. <laughs> thanks for thanks for checking it out. Well, there you have it. The first ever episode of Lacrosse Link with Stephen Stamp and I'm Tanner Fetch. Thank you so much for joining us. And thanks, Carl and Sean, for sharing their story, sharing their insight, moving forward with what's happening in these Junior A leagues. Remember, if you're on YouTube, hit the little bell down below to get notifications of our new updates and videos as, they, as we upload them. If you're on Facebook, like and share. You'll stay in the loop and stay connected with Lacrosse League. Thanks so much for joining us. Also, make sure you do go regularly to lacrosselink.com and you can reach us there. Let us know if you have a story you'd like us to cover. If you think there's something big going on that we should be looking at, we'd be happy to uh, hear from you all. You can connect us right through the website, lacrosselink.com. And we're so excited, Fetchy and I, to get to uh, share this with everybody around the lacrosse world because this is the only way we can connect right now. We hope to see everyone soon in real rinks and on real fields. For now, though, let's all stay together at Lacrosse Link.